the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Happy July, whatever day it is, to you. I suppose it's July 12th. For me, it is at least. Um, Record day on Wall Street yesterday. Record day on Wall Street. Record closing for the S&P 500, record closing for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Once again, proving the point, as Charles Schwab so lovingly said, the average investor is not participating in the market. Once again, proving the point that you got to keep the faith in the system. Lots going on each and every day that kind of scares you, that kind of spooks you, that kind of tempts you. I know people in the last year took money out of the stock market so they can have it in cash so they could buy a house. And they never bought a house, and one person did buy a house. Missing an up market. Missing another year of their life in an up market. That's crushing. And today's not as good as yesterday. Yesterday we popped 100 plus points, and we seem to be going up all day, nonstop. It was loving, it was sweet, it was amazing. You know I really don't care about this kind of stuff, right? If I were retiring today, if I was flash forwarding 20 years from now and I was retiring at an all-time high, I'd be pretty happy. But I'm not retiring yet. So, you just keep going. J.P. Morgan second quarter profit surges. You know, I like the banks. Banks aren't stupid. Banks that lend you money are not stupid. Banks that invest in you not stupid. Family members that lend you money, pretty stupid. Family members that, that help you invest in businesses, pretty stupid. I've made a mistake or two there myself. So J.P. Morgan, great earnings, up only fractions. I think the financials still have a long way to go on the upside. A long way to go. And of all of, out of all the financials, I think Bank of America is probably the farthest to go. You know, there's regions, financials, and there's other... Uh, banks that I certainly like. Bank of New York, Boney. Boney, Boney, Boney. Not to be confused with a brony. Tony Mendez, you know what a brony is, right? I fill us in, Rob. Hold on, wait, wait. Okay, let's see. Now your microphone's on. Go ahead. Fill us in. I, I know I don't know what a, a brony is. It's a guy that loves My Little Pony. How do you not know that? I don't have kids. Okay, now wait, wait. It has nothing to do with children. It's massively inappropriate. The ponies are anatomically changed to look like women. Right? Okay. So anyway, um, so Bank of New York, very different than Brony. A bony is different than a Brony. Okay. <clears throat> um, I shouldn't know that. So recently, Tony Mendez... Senior Treasuries had a massive move. 
Has it choked your business off yet? I think it has. Um, in general, you're seeing a, a downturn in anything related to real estate. Realtors are scrambling to figure out how to keep business going. Even title companies are starting to, to um, you know, kind of cut people back. It's, it's okay. That's interesting because title companies are basically a virtual monopoly. They they are, but you know, it's when you don't have a lot of business, you got to start cutting back. Right. Um, what I have noticed is that um, you get a lot of attention from the people that do need the business. Okay. Yeah. So people follow up and um, take with it, so to speak. Yeah, you know, the rising rates. It's very interesting how uh, it it shouldn't feel like the rates are higher. Okay. Because you know, four and a half is about where we are right now. In 2007, when our our home prices in the Bay Area were all-time highs at 665,000, and we're only sitting about 515 right now, and the rates were higher. Right. They were about six percent back then. So there's still some room. I think people should still feel pretty good about four and a half percent. There's room to get back to the norm, but in that five six years, there really hasn't been a boom in economy as far as wages go either. Yeah, that's the other part. People were stretching back then. They're going to probably be, be stretching right now. And we have an abundance of buyers right now, but we don't have a lot of sellers. Okay. Gotcha. It's funny because that's something that I noticed as a homeowner. People have approached me and said, do you want to sell your home? We think we can get this for it. And it's pretty ludicrous what they think they can get. And they could probably get it. Yeah. So, and there are some buyers and sellers that are getting ahead of themselves. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. There's a couple on my neighborhood street that just moved in that um, he came out with an app that did super well. I, I've got to be careful when I say it just in case people <laughs> listen to my street. I don't think you'll be on the street in two or three years. So these kids aren't that smart. <laughs> How many people on your street that made apps? As far as I, there's an Oracle guy, there's an app guy, there's a woman who's been there because her parents were there. Like it, it, Wealth is funny as far as um, you know, defining it, so to speak. There's a guy who got in probably in 90, perfect timing, right after an earthquake, right before a big run-up in uh, home values, uh, mm-hmm. following the run-up in uh, .com wealth in the 1990s. So, you know, I live, in, I live in the heart of Silicon Valley, is the way I would put it. I lived, you know, two miles from Palo Alto. And thus, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Silicon Valley money lingering, so to speak. Even if you were a blue-collar engineer and you bought on my street, you did pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. Uh, blue-collar, you know, plumber. So, <clears throat> because you didn't buy in the heart of Palo Alto, but you bought just outside of Palo Alto. Anyway, and anyhow, um, yeah, so the 10-year treasury, if it's choking off people in your world, it's choking off people in my world, because I deal with corporate finance. And corporations, you know, we saw Apple literally come up with the iPhone home run product, the iPad home run product. Um, a couple IMAX home run products. But one of the things that they're going to be remembered for the most is coming out with the biggest bond issuance ever at the lowest cost ever. The moment that they issued their bonds, that was it. That was the, the, the best point ever. So people who invest in their bonds have actually started losing money to the tune of about 10% at this point in time. Wow. So, yeah, wasn't it a yield like 2.8? Seven or something. Two point one. There's various notes yeah. spread over various times, and it ran from two to two two point seven, I think. Um, point being is that they got cheap money. They got the best of the cheap money, and that's going to help their stock as much as their product helps their stock, which is intriguing to note. 
Um, to get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Um, banks beating expectations, Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan, their profit surging, is probably the best news you could possibly have right now. Better than Ben Bernanke come out and saying, I'm going to keep the cheap money coming. Better than, um, you know, like, I don't know, uh, the, the robots beating the monsters in Pacific Rim. Better than all of that. You know, there's a, in that movie Pacific Rim, a robot picks up a battleship and cracks it over the head of an alien. It's a throwback to Godzilla. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Creatures that come from the water, love it. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so what was I saying? Oh, earnings, bank earnings, because they're, if they're lending, that's really, really, really healthy for an economy. With that said, um, Tony Mendez is sitting in with me today, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The number of people looking, it's going to get cut down as interest rates move up, but it's still a very, very good time to buy an ideal property that you want to live in for 10 plus years. To consider a rental property if you can get cash flow positive. Very low rates historically still. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at RobBlack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. The only thing I don't like about the band Lumineers, there is one thing that I don't like they're hat wearers. I find guys that wear hats from LA to be. I'm not allowed to say this. My manager really hates when I say the word douche. I'm not allowed to say it, so I can't say it. But I just hate guys that wear hats from L.A. that kind of look like, yeah, I'm trying to look cool. When you see me in a fedora, I'll give that person $10,000. You know, what's funny is I I make the same claim. If you ever see me in a radio shack, I'll give you $10,000. And I had to get a radio shack recently. (laughs) I needed to get a splitter for my iPad to uh, put two headphones onto it. So I go to Best Buy. Knowing Best Buy would save me that $10,000, someone saw me in Radio Shack fee. Hey, now, but you have to admit, though, that that Radio Shack was a lot different than the old day Radio Shack. Yeah, They've yeah. gotten a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So they used to be staffed by prisoners and convicts, and now they're just staffed by terrorists. It's like hitting the, the lottery, seeing Rob Black at a yeah, know, 7-Eleven right? or a... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Radio Shack. Down for the 7-Eleven thing. So, um, okay. So, yeah, the Lumineers, folk rock band. I just don't like dudes that wear hats. Suspenders and hats freak me out. Not a hipster. So, I'm kind of anti-hipster. You know what's kind of funny, Tony? Um, I'm sitting with Tony Mendez. During the commercial break, we brought up a question of organic eggs. How did that even come up? I was giving you my um, oh your my your, midnight a snack. midnight snack yeah and then number eight chimed in and talked about organic eggs being brown I'm like I didn't know that and we didn't know the difference of what what is a white egg what is a brown egg and we found out there's absolutely no difference between a white egg a brown egg or a blue egg did you know there's a blue egg from a South American breed called Aracuna nope um, 
I think that's cool. Now I suddenly want a blue egg at my grocery store. And my producer was under the myth that they bleached eggs. I'm like, they can't bleach eggs. That would be so wrong for so many reasons. But yet there are things that are bleached. Um, I remember growing up, I was told once that orange is actually green, that they paint them orange. And I believed it as a kid, right? Now, when I went to college, um, the weekend that the parents come by, they paint all the grass super green. They make it super beautiful because they're looking for money from parents. And they actually did do that. So green grass was actually painted green, which is even weirder than a con- So brown did you think brown eggs were – or do you, do you have a preference? Because I honestly, every time I go to the grocery store, I just make sure I, I, I think the brown eggs taste better. And there's no difference in taste. Aesthetic. It's in my head. I'm a sure. white egg comes from a white chicken? Well, we only started eating brown eggs when we started doing organic. So maybe it's because they're organic that they taste better. You and your wife are on an organic cake? We are. Okay. See, eggs I'm, I'm good with. And for me, I want extra hormones in everything I eat so I can become big and strong like the Incredible Hulk. So I think people have this whole organic thing all wrong. (laughs) You know, sure, it might cause cancer, but you'll be big and strong like the Incredible Hulk. You sure might be. You know who was originally cast as the Incredible Hulk? I knew this. I knew this, but I can't remember fast enough for radio. Better than Lou Frigno. Was the guy Jaws from the um, 007 oh. movies. Okay. The big freaky guy. And he just didn't have enough cut. He didn't have enough muscle to pull it off. I just remember him with the nail in his head and Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that movie. Okay. Yeah, I'm not Same guy. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I always remember the Jaws movies. He was the bad guy's lynchman. Like, he was the, you know, the guy that would, you know, take punches at 007 as a kid. Roger Moore movies in particular, I think. Um, and he didn't talk because I think he was like Austrian or something. He, but I would pay money to see him in green paint, <laughs> like the Hulk. For that, I would pay money to see you dressed as the Hulk. No, no, no. For Halloween, you will make me the happiest, I'll happiest get a Hulk, person. Hulk bodysuit. How about that? If you painted yourself green <laughs> and wore cut-off jeans, I'm doing it. This year, I'm actually going to be a uh, Velma from Scooby-Doo. Next year, I'm going to be the Incredible Hulk. And you're saying you're gonna be Vama? Oh no, favorite cartoon growing up. I can't do Freddy anymore. I'm not lean and cut. Certainly can't do Daphne, but I could. I could be Vama. Oh, okay. So brown chickens make brown eggs. Who knew? What a service this show is. So your portfolio. There's three things, four things that you have to do to get wealthy. You have to invest on a regular basis. You have to diversify your investments, you have to rebalance your investments, and you have to have time to do those three things again and again and again and again. That's how you get wealthy. So, Okay, I've done my public service. I've told people I get wealthy. So you're wearing a, a Lake Tahoe shirt, which I find humorous, because I'm wearing an Adidas. And I think I'm cooler than you, because I'm sporting a sport logo, and you're sporting kind of a rich, pompous arrogance to you. And yet, Adidas is probably worth more than Tahoe, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Um, it was the first thing that came out of the closet. How about that? Good for you. So, so the mortgage business drying up a little bit? You know, it, it, we, we, we went through this already where things dried up. Uh, people were scared about the business. They were scared about doing financing. They didn't know who to trust. 
So the people who have been in the business for a long time are going to survive. But, yeah, it's, it's really thinning out. I think a lot of people are, trying to, are, are following the money right now, and the money right now is not necessarily in real estate, in the mortgage business, unless you're you know, a tried-and-proven investor. Yeah. You already own property, and you're, and you're trying to improve your portfolio, or you're, you have a, just a huge, massive base of, of referrals. And if, if, if not, you're going to go back into the furniture business. You're going to go back selling cars, and that's where a lot of the people were, uh, in the business before before they got into the business during the boom, and there's st- still some stragglers, you know that that are going to make it, but overall, uh, this is just another phase that we have to go through, and we're going to make it. And I think that there's room for growth in California, especially in the Bay Area. We just need some more sellers, and I think sellers are just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Maybe we're going to peek out and we're going to find it. Look who I just pulled up on Twitter. So I pulled up Twitter because I was going to log into my account, and someone who does a radio show here, his account's logged in. Mm-hmm. I'm so tempted to send out the tweet that I'm quitting the business. I'm, I'm moving to Bolivia <laughs> to join a, uh, a leper colony. Yeah, that's, that's probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea. They've done this. There's actually been people fired at the station because other people will leave their Facebook up, and one of the lowly people, i.e., uh, minimum wagers, which I am one of them, will come in and um, p- Facebook post like that they're out of the closet. I mean, I left here in, in the, um, on Tuesdays and come back the following Tuesday, and your Facebook, my fa- my Facebook's up or my yeah. my emails up. You know, it's um, actually pretty cool to say I'm not on Facebook anymore. Just say no. Stop telling people you're on Facebook. You don't have to quit it, but stop telling them you're on it. You're following, you're listening to me. My Facebook page is I Hate Rob Black or Crime for Rob Black. My website, robblack.com. You can find Tony at bayarealandsource.com. Jean Tonfantier. I remember hearing this song thinking, that's cool that they've mixed in a little French with the linguist. Whereas I want to say, American. So, one of my favorite things to do on Twitter is to follow the news. To me, Twitter is so much more relevant than Facebook. There's an investment group that I really like called Bespoke. Bespokey. I met them a few years ago at a conference, and uh, they had sent out an analyst who had never publicly spoken before, <laughs> he just froze. One thing I could do is I could publicly speak. It's When you do TV, you're like, oh, I've got a migraine headache, and oh, I didn't get any sleep last night, the dog was barking. Hello, everybody, it's me, Rob Black, talking. And this guy, just he couldn't turn it on. He just couldn't do it. But um, really smart group. They're a company that I follow on Twitter, We'll throw out a, a stat here or there on occasion. For instance, after trailing for most of the year, the NASDAQ is now beating the Dow, the SP 500. NASDAQ's up 18.5% for the year. SP up 17.4%. Dow up 17.9%. I wouldn't know to think about that, to care about that. So it's nice that I'm able to find some news that tells me about that because I want to think about that. Why is the NASDAQ doing it? Companies like Cisco, Apple, 
Intel, Microsoft, are returning massive amount of cash to shareholders. Companies that have traditionally been very stingy about dividends suddenly are much, much more into the dividend-paying game. And that's why the Nasdaq's outperforming. 17 of the 30 Dow Jones industrial stocks are back in overbought territory. There's something called a 50-day moving average. You can pull it up on almost any charting software. So if you go to Yahoo, you can pull up your stock versus a 50-day moving average. If it's under it, it's been oversold, probably. If it's over it, it's into overbought territory. Super simple analysis. But it also tells you if you're chasing something that has run up a lot recently or if you're going for something that's underperformed recently. I always go back to the 1980s and the movies where the really frumpy girl becomes the really hot girl and there's always the debut scene where it's like prom where she's been frumpy and wearing glasses and zits the whole movie and she comes down wearing a white dress one step you see her feet another step and you see her ankles another step and you see the hemline another step and you and like by the time you see her she's like the best looking woman in Hollywood right I'd rather invest in the frumpy and the, if, if we go back in time the cheerleader of that movie is going to get dumped the frumpy girl's going to get taken to prom Right? Same thing with stocks. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, I saw a statistic recently, and this was a little bit on the sad side. 14% of all grocery sales are now done with food stamps. Which is interesting because one of the largest grocers in America is Walmart. And Walmart's well-known for paying people minimum wage or near minimum wage. They're actually talking about getting out of Washington, D.C., because Washington, D.C. is thinking about moving the minimum wage 12 bucks, which is called a living wage, something people can actually live off of. But 14% of all grocery sales are done with food stamps in America. 47.8 million Americans received the subsidy. Now, I'm interesting because when I was in college, I worked every single job that I could so that I could travel to Europe every summer. That was my goal, and I kind of did it. And I would literally start a job in, like, March knowing that I'm out in April, May. One of the jobs I did was work at a grocery store, um, scanning food items. And all my friends would come in and... Like sometimes you'd miss a scan here or there. Like I said, I wasn't the most honest, best person as a child. I didn't know olive oil was expensive, so my friend buys olive oil when I scan it. And uh, he's like, oh, you should have scanned the fillets, not the olive oil. I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, long story short, 14% of grocery sales. So Walmart's probably contributing to the food stamp program by how much they pay people or don't pay people, and how much they hurt local businesses that used to make money that they've put out of business. With that said, Walmart's one of my favorite ideas because they're large than number two, three, four, and five put together in retail. That's how good they are in being number one. And, you know, again, it just so happens that I've never actually been in a Walmart. But... Is it just because where I live? It's just because I'm a snob? 
But most Americans clearly have been. I've been in a Target. I have no shame. I've been in a Dollar General store just to see what it's all about because I was thinking about investing in it, which is always a good thing to do, a little legwork, a little homework. The Dollar Store has really picked up in quality of items in their stores. 80s, they stank. 90s, they stank. But in the 2000s, they started getting better at merchandising. Okay, so um, you figure out how many Americans there are. There's like 280 million Americans or something like that. And 47 million of them are on food stamps. That's shocking. That's, that's dramatic. I don't know. It's something. I guess it's not shocking or dramatic. I'm still going back to the white eggs versus brown eggs. <laughs> Stunning revelation of the day. White eggs come from white chickens? I had no clue. Like, did I miss that in science in, like, third grade? So chocolate milk doesn't come from brown cows, does it? Just making sure. Like, I can't get my facts correct. We got the S&P 500 down fractions. The Dow's up 16. The Nasdaq's up 3. The 10-year Treasury sits at 2.5%. So it's come off the 2.7 spike. Mm-hmm. Gold sits at 1277, which, you know, just to show you how I work, I hate gold. I absolutely hate it. Um, I will never own gold as an investment individually. Um, even when I'm worth millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, I'd rather own art as an alternative investment than gold. Gold is a hedge against inflation, but gold's had a rough nine months, going from 1900 down to 1250 Now it's rebounded a little bit. For the Fed to say that we're going to keep interest rates low until unemployment, he said unemployment this week. This is what he said. Unemployment's probably a little bit worse than the numbers are reflecting. You know, if we were to talk about that over a beer, you're like, what do you mean? What do you think he meant by that? And I think what he meant by that was that more people want more hours, of course. We know that with the Affordable Care Act coming in 2014, that if you work X amount of hours, your employer has to give you health care. So employers are, are straddling that 32-hour work week. They're trying to figure out how much can we get out of how many people at 32 hours, not 33? So employers are managing it so that they don't have to give it, and they're practicing it now before 2014 when they have to you know, implement that rule, so to speak. But um, also I think there's an issue of a lot of people aren't getting wage inflation either, which is playing into the unemployment numbers not as good as we want it to be. Even at 7.6%, it's not really 7.6% because... People aren't seeing a lot of wage inflation in the last five years. So wage inflation is important because we want home inflation. I want my home to go up in value. I want my home to go up in value, and the only way that can happen is if people continue to make more money, then their home goes up in value, and they go, I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to buy Rob Black's house. So you kind of need that happening. So Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, is joining us today. Homeland Security Secretary Janet Napolitano has stepped down. How do you feel about that? I have no opinion. Okay. Just checking. Ask me the same question. Who stepped down? I, I wasn't even paying Janet Napolitano. <laughs> Homeland Security Secretary. It's the big red headline. How do you feel about that, Rob? I, I really don't care. I <laughs> exactly. I'd get rid of it. What did Obama have to say? I'm opposed. I'd get rid of it. Really? I thought you liked her. You appointed her. And Homeland Security, is this like tied towards like 
is there a terrorist threat that she missed, or is there something going on that we, we need to know about? Is that why she's gone? And yet we don't care. How many cabinet positions are there? Is it 13, 16, 16, or something like that? How, how many Supreme Court justices are there? You're off topic again. Um, but you're not answering the question. You're playing the part of the listener on driving in the car right now. Are there seven Supreme Court justices, nine Supreme Court justices, or 11 Supreme Court justices? And is it justices or justice eyes? Or justices? Wow. Good, good thing we went to um, high school. Banks beat Wolf, Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan profit surge. Wells Fargo is the biggest mortgage lender. They reported a 20% rise in the second quarter profit. They set aside less money to cover bad loans. So the banks are getting healthy. To me, the number one thing that I want to see is banks getting healthy. And Tony, you're in the lending business. You probably want to see banks getting healthy because what I saw recently, um, and this ties into your industry a little bit, was subprime loans on cars are starting to pick up again. And that's a that's a very lucrative business, especially when money's cheap, and you set uh, you have a set of guidelines. You can loan uh, on a car, you know, fifteen twenty percent. You just have to have bad credit. Yeah, there's, it's very lucrative. Listen to Rob Black, Tony Mendez sitting in with me. You can find us online at robblack.com or bayarealoansource.com. Okay, Tony Mendez. Here's a piece of paper. Write down the 50 states before the end of the show. I can do that. Okay. Let's see how many you get. Okay. I predict you'll get 44 or less. I've been to 46 of them. Okay. Let's see how many you get. Okay. Over under. Sir. Most expensive states to live in. This is something you have to think about before you retire. This is tied towards energy bills and cost of round beef, cost of milk, doctor visits, average home prices. Things that you actually consume while living. New Jersey, the fifth most expensive state to live in. It's a little bit of a shocker. Average home selling for $557,000. Okay, you got one, two, three, four, five so far. New York comes in at number four. Now, I would imagine that's heavily skewed towards Manhattan. Average home price being $1.3 million, probably skewed towards Manhattan. Number three on the list of most expensive states to live in, Connecticut. And their average home price is only 585000 So why is New York so much more? The gallon of milk is 30 cents more. The roast, the ground beef is cheaper energy bill is about the same so a little bit more expensive in 2012 they were number 48 they've jumped number 3 Connecticut has that's a pretty big jump number 2 most expensive state to live in Alaska that's surprising because when you think of Alaska you instantly think Sarah Palin then you Next thing, think about the Iditarod, which is the cruelest sport in the world and needs to end. 
oh, but we're training dogs to run farther. Well, maybe dogs don't need to run farther. Maybe they just need to, like, hang out. Oh, but the number of dogs that are raised, I don't know if you know this, Tony, but the, the, the Iditarod dogs, people will raise a hundred of them and keep ten. What do you think happens to the other ninety? I have no clue. Well, let's just put it this way. It's not pretty. So. Doggy dog, maybe? <laughs> Something like that. Um, and Hawaii is the most expensive state to live in. So average home price, $742,000. That's surprising. And again, that has to be skewed, right? Because if you've ever been to, like, um, Maui, have you ever been to Honolulu, mm-hmm. um, Oahu, there's a lot of poor houses there. I mean, there's a lot of poverty, a ton of poverty. So, which is what I want on my vacation, by the way. I once went to, um, what was that horrible island? Aruba. You know when you're growing up, you're like, hey, I hear the islands are wonderful. And you start, I'm going to pick this one because you don't know what difference is. That is a poor, poor country. So, and you stay on like a five-star resort. Five minutes from poverty. It's kind of like Atlantic City. You've been to Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. You literally drive through the ghetto to get to Atlantic City. And it's, it's on the outskirts. Anyway, so picking your home, very, very important to do as far as what state you're going to live in, in retirement. Um, the difference between a state that has no income tax and income tax is the difference between a million dollars and $900,000. So income tax, sales tax, and income tax or no sales tax and no income tax is the difference between a million dollars and eight hundred thousand dollars. So just know that. Markets are mixed today. We had a strong yeah, five, six days on Wall Street. Super strong. We're at record highs on the S P five hundred. Congratulations. We need a party sound effect. We have the Dow at a record high. And right now, if they were to close these levels, we're at records again. Dow's hit record highs over 40 times this year. NASDAQ's up 6. 10-year treasuries at 2.5%. Gold sits down uh, a couple of bucks. Oil at $105 a barrel. Oil is something that a lot of people are predicting at this point in time to top out, to make a double top. So go look at a chart of oil, and you'll see that it's looking like a double top. It can't seem to get through here, and thus people are like, eh, I'm not convinced it's going to go higher, I'm going to sell mine. So that's what's playing out there. Um, some stories of note today. UPS is tainting the market. UPS is warning, and UPS is a play on South America. UPS is a play on North America. UPS is a play on Europe. UPS is a play on Asia. Not so much the Antarctic. But it's a play. So UPS basically taking a little steam out of the market. The taper tantrum that we've had recently, thanks to Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke, um, we've been moving higher. JP Morgan Chase beat expectations. Wells Fargo beat expectations. They have a very, that's nice in our economy kind of feel to know that housing is working, lending is working. UPS, though, a freight logistics company, basically is in the business of sending business. So when you order from Amazon, someone had to make it. 
Someone has to create it. Someone has to market it. You transact by giving them money. They send it to you. So companies like UPS and FedEx are big tails on the economy. So they took a little steam. They said they expect their earnings to be a buck thirteen per share versus expectations of a buck twenty for the second quarter. But on top of that, for all of 2013, they've lowered their expectations from uh, they're going to say it's somewhere between 465 and 485, but the consensus was 497. So they're saying everyone who's predicting on us, we're going to be a little bit lower than that. Percentage-wise, it's not that great, but it's also telling us that it, the sluggish trends are persisting. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlack.com. My YouTube page is Rob Black Show. Twitter page is Rob Black Show. Never, ever go to Aruba. It's a desert. Mm, the beaches aren't that good. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. It's Friday, which basically means no work till Monday. Thus, Aloha Friday rings true. I'm looking forward to the end of the day. I'm looking forward to a couple beers over the weekend. Maybe mow the grass. Chill, relax. Enjoy. Because during the week, it's a little bit stressful. It's a little bit tough. I deal with markets. Markets are at an all-time high. Why am I stressed? Markets are going to have to stay at an all-time high based on jobs. In my opinion, it's all about the jobs. I've talked to some economists. I've talked to some strategists on this very show. And I said, am I silly for having that opinion? It's all about the jobs. And they're like, you're not silly. It's all about the jobs. So I do pay attention. In America, we automatically create jobs. People come into our country. People immigrate here. Babies are born. We're creating jobs. With that said, we lost a lot of jobs in the recession. And we had what's called a jobless recovery. Now, jobless recovery is actually playing out pretty good for us because it gave our monetary policy an excuse to keep interest rates low. That encouraged corporate lending. That encouraged individual lending into mortgages and refis. And my cash flow is better today than it was five years ago. Most corporations' cash flow. Corporations have over a trillion dollars right now, record amounts of cash. They can do stock buybacks, they can do dividend increases, they can hire people, they can build buildings. All of those are economic activity on the positive. My cash flow being better than it was five years ago for the next 30 years is positive because I'll spend that. I'll have extra to go to Hawaii, I'll have extra to go to Mexico. Dos cervezas, por favor. De nada. Like my, my Spanish, not so good. I know dos cervezas, por favor. And that's all I need to know. So, I speak fluent French. I will not do it here for you now. I can actually do all 50 out of 50 states. The napkin challenge. Um, and I can do it because I practice it. It keeps me sharp. Um, consumer sentiment slipping. I can understand consumer sentiment slipping. We have a Congress that doesn't seem to be getting a lot done. 
oh, we're going to get immigration reform done. doesn't get done. I think we could all agree that there's some laws in America that need to change every 10 years. Because we as a country change every 10 years. So it's silly that we abide by some laws. SP 500 is down fractions. Oh, no. Not a, not a down day. Okay, we've had like 45 record days now on the Dow Jones Industrial Average this year. We can't bitch and moan about a down day. You're not allowed to. We've had November records. December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Like, we needed some off time. I enjoy doing a little distance running, although I haven't done much in the last month. I'm getting kind of puffy again. One of the things I like about distance running is you set a goal of six miles, you do six miles. This market's been sprinting, and it needs to take a bit of a breather. We were going to get that breather with Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke, as he kind of was hinting at tapering the taper trade. We were having a taper tantrum, and the market started to correct a little bit. And we started talking about this very show, maybe we're going to go down 5%. 10% is a correction, 20% is a bear market. I love bear markets, because I'm not in retirement. When I'm in retirement, I want record closes. I don't want a bear market. But when I'm at my age, I want a bear market, so I can buy good stuff cheap. Do I think J.P. Morgan Chase is going to be a company in 20 years? Yeah. Wells Fargo? Yeah. McDonald's, yeah. Nike, yeah. So you get the idea. Visa? I do. Even though I've seen different types of transactions. You know, my hairdresser pulls out her phone and does square and she gets the money that day or something like that. And Visa makes you wait a couple days. Or I'm not quite sure. It's your bank. It's Is it debit? Is it credit? But yeah, there's some alternatives. PayPal is being accepted at Home Depot, which is kind of interesting. So we, we market our records. Now, today, UPS puts a little bit of a, a, a downer on the market. Downer Debbie. Hey, let's go surfing this week. Did you know that? I was one out of nine surfers break their neck. Oh, you're such a downer. So, yeah, we're having a down day. Thanks, UPS. UPS is basically saying, we're not tearing it up. We're lowering our expectations for the year. And the market, you thought we were going to be at X. We're going to say we're going to be at X minus 2%. It's not horrific, but it's not X plus 2% or X plus 4%. They're shaving. They're not adding. So the market's taking this as a, you know what? We've had a pretty good run. Consumer sentiment's a little bit lower. Here's where consumer sentiment is a bit of a problem. I have a job. I'm spending all of my money. But I'm a little bit worried someone just moved into my neighborhood. How can I really afford this neighborhood? And I'm not him. So I'm worried for him, even though I'm not him. And I don't know, maybe he inherited money. Maybe he dances on weekends. You don't hear a lot of guys dancing on weekends, do you? It's Tony Mendez, com. I've got not a lot of people. I have a friend who danced on week nights and weekends just to basically make more money good-looking woman who has a job that you would not imagine that she, not not even a stripper. I'm not talking that. I'm talking like like a go-go bar. So she'd just get up there and shake her body and people go, wow, there's a good-looking woman. You know, woman. They, they, they did that at the Grand Sierra in, in Reno. 
they have these dancers now on top of the tables, right in the car, in the card area. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not allowed to talk about the sin on the show. This is a Christian network, radio network. Well, they're the go-go dancers. Yeah, drinking water, of course, while you're at the Grand Sierra. Probably went there on a fishing trip. You wouldn't be gambling. No, no, fish. Uh, my dad's 70th birthday. We went to dinner there. There you go. That's the ticket. Do you remember that phrase, that's the ticket? What was that from? In the first hour, we wisely learned that white eggs come from white chickens, brown eggs come from brown chickens. We didn't know. There are blue eggs that you can eat out there that do not come from blue chickens. They come from a South American breed of chicken. But that's the ticket. That had to be 80s, right? It had to have been. So maybe like a Saturday Night Live character or something. So anyway, um, totally digressing today. And that's what you get for listening to me on Fridays. J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo beat expectations. That's great news because you want to see big banks beating because that means they're lending. That means they're transacting. That means, Now, again, you can get into the details of it and find out, okay, they're only lending to super high credit. When in reality, now they're starting to do subprime and maybe that blows up on them. But trust me, you want to see the banks lead this market. And I think we will see the banks lead the market in the second half of the year along with energy along with technology and consumer discretionary. Because as we slowly add those 200,000 jobs a month, we've got a new Xbox come out later this year, new Sony PlayStation 4, and people are like, I'm working. I'm going to buy a video game system. I'm working. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm working. I'm going to buy a car. So if we move from 7.6% lower, that's where you want to be, those four air sectors. It's Rob Black, your money, talking all things financial. Tony Mendez from Bay Area Loan Source. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. This is a story that can only be told in California. I'm not sure if you've been paying attention. There's been a lot on Californians' minds recently with an airplane crash. That, For the record, out of all the airplane crashes since 1993, the percentage of survivors, 95%. That's pretty good. So, like, I didn't know. If my, my pilot says, we're get ready for a crash landing. I'm like, oh, no. We can make this. But here comes a story out of California. And again, I love the fact that I work for a broadcasting news station, that all they've done is nonstop airplane crash since Saturday or Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. And there's a train crash in Quebec that killed many, many, many more people that barely gets noticed. So here's the California story of the day. In the four privately run prisons holding Mississippi inmates, there's a for-profit detention center 
but it's basically for-profit detention center. And we're housing inmates from other states, and a lot of states do that. They, they bounce them around. A lot of Americans are in prison. For-profit is what I keep coming back to. There's a publicly traded company called Corrections Corp. It is a REIT, which kind of freaks people out. It's a publicly traded um, real estate investment trust where you can invest in the business of prisons. Yield 6.6% dividend yield. That's pretty good, right? People look at Verizon and AT&T and they see them yielding 4 or 5%. The long-term model for the smartphone isn't good for Verizon and AT&T. That's why they have to pay such a high dividend. That's part of it because their landline business is basically gone. Their enterprise business is basically drying up. They're putting a big bet now on television and a big bet on home security. So a company can give you 6% of their profits. A real estate investment trust is inclined to give 90% of their profits back to you. So it's a way of owning real estate. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Um, how many investors, how many speculators do you see out there wanting to buy real estate in California? Not as many as we saw in the last couple of years, but there are some speculators. Here, mortgage lender, do the show here Tuesday evening, six to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, what what does that look like to you? Like, give me an example. Someone comes into your office and goes, "I'm going to buy five investment properties. Can you help me fund it?" Well, I, uh, there's one person in particular that is trying to buy properties in Stockton. I, I know what you feel about Stockton. Boom shakalaka. I'm but, straight out of Stockton. And home prices in Stockton have, have has gone up considerably. They've gone down. They've gone more up. than they've gone they've up. They've gone down more than they've gone up. But uh, but it's also running out of inventory in the lower price range. So I think a lot of the speculators are are trying to figure out what to do. And there's a lot of still a lot of cash buyers right now, and those cash buyers are looking at places like Stockton and and driving prices up because you can't afford places now with cash here in the Bay Area and make it uh, cash flow positive. Rents have pretty much stopped growing. So okay. rents rents have, are leveling out. We're going to see it level out for a while. Um, I don't think you want a Stockton tenant, is what I would tell. No, but, if but, I were in your industry and someone says, I want to buy some rental properties in Stockton, I'd be like, I don't think you want it. What, what I'm trying to say is I'm seeing more speculators in investment properties than I do people looking to turn and flip. Okay. You see more speculators in investment properties other than house flippers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how easy is it to get a loan for an investment property? Um, it's it's the same process. You just need more down payment. Okay. And, and you have to qualify with or without the, the rents. It depends on how, if you're an experienced landlord or not. Some lenders will do it, though. If you, if you want to jump right into investment property you can, and it's rented, you can probably get qualified with those rents to offset the debt. So there are some people that are saying, you know what? I want to rent, but I want to own a rental property. So they take their down payment. They, they can't afford a house in the Bay Area. So they go to a place like Stockton or Sacramento. or And there's places in Davis right now, not Davis, um, Tracy, okay. where you can buy a $250,000 three-bedroom house and rent it out. You just have to have the down payment for that. Uh, 20% is minimum. 25% is the best because there's some huge hits to the rate if you put less money down on a rental property. So, yeah, I'd say more people are leaning towards trying to 
shore up their investments as far as rentals go as opposed to trying to flip properties. There's just not enough properties, Rob. In the Bay Area, we're just seeing very few uh, distressed properties. In Fremont, for example, we're, we're sitting in, that we have, um, I think there were only four distressed properties out of the 180 that were for sale. So there's not a lot of distressed properties for these investors to look at. Okay. And that's and that's going to cover the whole Bay Area. What's easier right now, getting a refi or getting a new loan on a new home? Uh, usually, it's it typically it's a purchase. Easier purchases yeah. are easier than refis. Yeah. Really. Are refis still trading out to be money in, or are people starting to do refis money out? Uh, I, there's a lot of people still doing uh, what they call cash-in refinances, okay. where they still have a little bit of negative equity, or they're just over that uh, 80%. They have less than 20% equity, and they don't want to pay that mortgage insurance. And, yeah, they're putting a couple bucks into it to save, you know, maybe two, three, four hundred bucks a month. And you know, even if you keep your rate the same, but you can refinance, Sure. A lot of people are going to shorter terms as well. For, uh, Freddie Mac says about one-third of all transactions uh, that they do are for shorter terms. So people are still looking at refinances, and the, op- and the rates are still low. And eventually the prices will come up, and we'll start seeing a, a, you know, that flow of people whose equity has been built and will have the ability to refi. There's a story out there today about a Fed governor resigning, and it's important to note because Fed governors help set interest rates. A lot of people do not like our Fed governor system. They think, why should 10 men decide the cost of money, or why should 20 men decide the cost of money? At the recent Fed Reserve meeting, more than half of them said, we need to stop buying mortgage debt and debt for the U.S. government because we think it could turn the system unsteady. That's going to be a game changer because mm-hmm. we've been in the game of lending money cheap, and it's going to become lending money less cheap, and then it's becoming lending money the historical norm. We don't ever, ever want to get to lending money at above historical norms. If we can get back to 4 4.5% on the 10-year, I don't want to see it going 5, 5.5, 6, because that's when mortgage rates would be 8, 9%, which would price most people out of buying homes. Not, no, no, I'm not going to say most people buying homes. It would take a lot of... The people who are just barely qualifying out of, out of purchasing. Anyway. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about? Do you like Stockton? Because I don't. Best job in Stockton is kind of the head off a chicken and watch it bleed out. Not a lot of wage inflation in that industry. Rob Black and Money on the Wall Street Business Network. I wanted that. And you know. I know. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Not getting enough phone calls these days. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. Um, Let's talk a little markets. Today we have a market that feels a little bit like a hangover. We've been partying. We've been rocking. We've been rolling. We've been up late at night. 
saying market highs on the S&P 500, market highs on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. We saw a piece penned by Charles Schwab this week, an op-ed in the New York Times, where he said, you know, the individual investor isn't participating enough. The individual investors freaked out because of quantitative easing, freaked out because of banks, freaked out because of a recession, freaked out because of a, a bear market that left them feeling like it's a gambling institution. I don't think Wall Street's anything like a gambling institution. I think you have an addictive personality if you think it is a gambling institution. My 401k is at an all-time high. I bought when it was low. I bought when it was high. I bought it in 86, 88, 2000, 92, 94, 95. I keep buying every two weeks. I've accumulated wealth. I don't see it as an institution. I think this is kind of interesting. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreLandSearch.com. I think people perceive what they want to perceive based on who they are. Um, and again, I don't look at Wall Street as addictive, but I look at debt. I see people take on debt and they start doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. When I moved to the Bay Area in 2000, I saw more BMWs on 101 than any other car. And BMWs are supposed to be elite. They're supposed to be for the bourgeois. They're supposed to be one in 20 cars. But it was like a 50-50 mix of... I, I was shocked as well when I first got here. And people were using debt. They were using their home. They were refinancing. And they were using stock options, which weren't cash earnings. They were perceived value of an IPO. The, the company hadn't quite earned that cash yet. They had sold that concept to the public, though, an initial public offering. Um, how often do you see debt where you're like, you really shouldn't be doing this? More often than I should. Okay. Um, you know, car payments, a lot of student loans. I see a lot of student loans, people in the 20s to 30s. Um, there's just, you know, debt is something that you, I, I know you got into some debt when you were younger. When you're in college, that's when you're supposed to have debt. Correct. You're not supposed to have debt when you're when you're working. Um, I see both sides of the fence. I see people who just have absolutely no debt. And in some cases, that can hurt you, like credit score. I've seen people with no credit cards and no debt, and they don't even have a credit score. So there's there's some good debt, and then there's some bad debt. But having just too much debt, a $500 car payment, that you have to, in order to qualify for a home loan, that eats up a thousand over $1,000 a month in income. Why? Because you have to make twice as much as your debt in order to qualify, at least twice, usually 40 Sixty uh, percent more. Okay, so a five hundred dollar car payment. It's about eleven hundred dollars in okay. in income that you have to make up. Wow, I didn't think of it like that. Mm -hmm. the, the argument that I was getting at is that I think debt changes your psychology, and you're like, hey, I, I, I can afford a BMW because I'm buying it with my own money from my own house. Yeah. When I first got into the business, the person I worked for, his main lead source w was a RV. So he sold RVs, and uh, he. He would say, well, one of the ways you can pay for this instead of getting financing from me at 10% or whatever, take some money out of your house. And then he'd give the contract over to the guy I worked for, and he would pull, do a refinance and pull the money out. So, yeah, that was the first job I had in this industry was helping people get money out of their house to buy RVs. And they're not cheap, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 at a time. So that's the kind of – I don't see that anymore. I see more people taking cash out of the house to pay off credit cards yeah. or not student loans. Those are pretty cheap for the most part. 
um, the, the, which is going up, but credit cards, some car payments. And the reason I bring this up is yeah. you and I both know a person that approached you trying to get money for a restaurant. Yeah. And he, honestly, he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. His head ain't all there. Like, no one sober would give him money. And when you basically told him, no bank is going to give you money, it's 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 the truth. He thinks because it's someone else's money, he thinks because he's borrowed it, like he could afford this project. That's Those are the people that go bankrupt. You know, I, I know a friend that her dad bought a house, lived in it with her family. It appreciated California. Then bought a second house, then bought a third house, then bought a fourth house, and basically went bankrupt. Because... He couldn't manage the debt. He couldn't service the debt. But when he's $4 million in debt, he thinks he's, he's rich. Because that one house went up for him. He thinks all four of them are going to go up for him. And I see people make just bad financial decisions based on leverage and based on debt. Which, again, you know, one day I want to have a BMW. Sure. Um, it's going to be called my midlife crisis. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do something stupid. Um, which, by the way, I think I've already had my midlife crisis. So I think I've got it out of my system by now. J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon. He's one of the greatest bankers of all time. I don't know. How well do you know J.P. Morgan and Jamie Dimon? Not well. He's the biggest jerk on the planet. Like, if you ever get a chance to hear an interview with him, he's hostile. When Congress tells him, like, uh, your bank, how did you not know about a billion-dollar loss? He's like, it's a business. We've got 45,000 employees. Do you think I watch every single employee? He'd be like, I don't want to challenge this guy. I mean, senators back off because he has that answer for every tough question. He basically tries to humiliate you. And he, he's a great banker because of that. He's got a cocky arrogance and slag that anywhere he goes, I will go. So I think J.P. Morgan's investable because of that. Yesterday I talked a little bit about AMD. And um, stock's pulling back a little bit today. It's considered to be a big play on the Sony PlayStation 4 later this year. It's a play. That's where you get into a lot of trouble. It's either going to be a home run or it's going to be a strikeout. AMD's not earning a lot of money. So they need to have a hit. And we've had five straight quarters of PC sales going lower which has never happened before, which at some point in time will lower the bar so that they do start to grow again. But we're not there yet. Other story stocks in the news today, Sprint up nice 6%. Sprint's going to get acquired by SoftBank, or they're going to kind of merge the two things together. Bank of America, big winner today, probably on the backs of Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan, where the banking industry seems to be doing a little bit better than expected. Um, other big stories of note... I'm not really seeing any. Are you working on anything, Tony Mendez, that we need to be aware of? Well, you know, you were talking about home prices earlier and and whether or not it has more room to grow. Um, you and I, okay, I, you and I, you and I sometimes disagree. That's what we. I, I know probably you. You probably disagree about this, but I, I, you know, we have a huge amount of of people who own their homes, they've refinanced into, into low rates. Now the rates have gone up. So we're looking, we need more sellers. That's what we need. But we might not get them, Rob. If you, you think about it, you had a huge refinance boom over the last couple of years. You have these people sitting in you know, pretty good properties 
at a low interest rate, lowest payments you're going to see on these properties um, ever, why would you sell? So it's just going to make properties a little bit more exclusive, and we're just going to keep, and there's such an abundance of buyers. Um, and going back to what you were talking about, uh, investing, um, I'm one of those people, I, I just, I was going to buy another house. I had put some money on the side. I had it in cash because it's such a pain in the butt to go back and sell stock and then record it with the lender uh, that I just kind of let it ride. So I, I did miss out on that nice 18% on, on on the money I put aside for the down payment. But uh, And a lot of people did that as well. Uh, I know that people have jumped back into the market and just said, you know what, I'm not selling. I see the market's going up. I'm just going to put my money into uh, a REIT maybe, even though REITs aren't doing as well as they could be. One of the interesting angles on real estate, and I don't see a lot of improvement in my neighborhood, which is one of the flaws of real estate, is I don't see, my home's already gone up $500,000 value in four years. Like, they can't go forever. Wage inflation hasn't gone up that much. So if homes were sold, in a, if they printed the value of your home on a day-by-day basis, people would sell their homes pretty fast. But because there's that, you know, kind of meandering to it, you don't really know until you sell what you're going to get. There is a delayed response. One of the things about the housing market that you have to like is that we see more Americans every year, which needs more housing every year. And the home builders weren't building a lot. And like you said, the home owners aren't selling a lot. You and I differ. I want to see quantitative easing end because it, it tells you the jobs are out there. You want to see quantitative easing continue because it's helping people get out of upside-down homes. You can get more break-even. Mm-hmm. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlack.com. Big seminar coming up in San Rafael. First weekend of August. First week of August. You can get more information at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM Back in money. I'm not black talking all things financial. Money investing and much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You might remember last year that New York, especially Long Island, got hit by a lot of flooding. Electricity was out for two, three weeks for a lot of people. There's a company that is now part of the home building industry. A lot of people found out, wow, I could lose power for a very, very long period of time. Can't watch my favorite soap operas. Can't watch my favorite TV shows. Can't watch Sharknado, which premiered last night on Sci-Fi, which combines a tornado 
with sharks, thus Sharknado. Genius marketing. Um, using actors that basically they don't really have to pay. They'll do the work for free just to stay in the industry. So the perfect storm hit Long Island last year and had the hurricane picked up sharks that maybe have been her shark or her shark cane or something, right? Because it basically implies that there's so much flooding that the sharks will be able to swim in your neighborhood, something like that. But there was an investment called Generac. Um, they make genitors. Genitors. <laughs> Generators. Generators. That was a bastardization of a word if I've ever heard one. Um, they were a play. They were an investment idea. Now, you may not have thought about generators since then, and that's a little bit of the problem. They kind of became a story stock. They had a massive $5 dividend that they paid out because they got so much business after, and I'm pulling up a chart that I'm showing Tony right now, they got so much business during this period of time. Now, we're pre-hurricane season right now. So we'll move into it in August, September, October, November, December. And if you want to position yourself for a worst case, if you're one of those people like, America is burning too much oil and we're creating hurricanes every year because of gas house destruction. And if you're that person, which I hope you are, then you're betting on more hurricanes. And if the hurricanes do come to fruition, then you would want to own something that's a play on that. But Generac's also a play on new homes now, because not only will people go out after a hurricane and say, I need this, but home builders will say, you know what, we're going to put this into the, the bid because you need this, and they're able to charge you more money for it. So consider some trends that also become longer-running themes, because right now the, the short-term trend is over. We don't have a hurricane. We don't have a Sharknado. We have nothing that makes people want to go out and own a generator. But... I can imagine, Tony, living in California, if I were to build a home now, I would include a generator in it. Uh, I'd you know, put in a basement where I can have a generator running or something like that, maybe a garage, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, is here today. He's a mortgage lender. Uh, he said something interesting to me recently. He said 70% of his business now are purchases. So, very little is coming in on refis because... Let's face it. The uh, Mortgage Bank Association has about 70% applications right now are purchases. Uh, refin- yeah, refinances have come back quite a bit. We talked a little bit about Radio Shack earlier this morning. They said that they came out with a press release today saying they've got a strong balance sheet. They've met with investment banks. They're looking at ways to improve their balance sheet. The retailers also said their sole focus of discussion is on improving it. Shares had uh, plummeted on a report saying that it might hire a financial advisor to help improve its liquidity. I can't imagine Radio Shack surviving. It's just, it's it's not as bad as Best Buy, where it's a huge store. It's a small store, which has helped them. But I never see their stores all that busy. So I still have a fantasy that either Best Buy buys Radio Shack and turns themselves into a smaller retailer, or Apple buys Radio Shack. But, and then they have more Apple stores. For the record, companies like Apple and Google want physical stores, because they make more money when you buy the phone directly from them than if they have to sell it through the retail channel. Elsewhere in the world of business news, Best Buy is holding a two-day iPad trade-in sale beginning today. Customers can trade in an iPad 2 or third-generation iPad and receive a $200 Best Buy gift card. Best Buy had a similar iPhone trade-in event last month, and they had an overwhelming response. 
Bolero Energy expects second quarter profit of 91 cents to a buck one, uh, below the consensus expectations of a buck 27. It's a refiner. You know what's interesting about the refiners? Refiners used to run almost at peak capacity, 24-7-365. And then Hurricane uh, Katrina hit, and they've never been the same since. Like, they, they dropped down to the 70% levels instead of the 90% levels. Uh, Dell's still in the news. Carl Icahn's talking about issuing a warrant. Can we be done with this whole Dell story? Like, I wanted that to die and stay dead in 2000. And yet it keeps coming back. It keeps coming back like a Sharknado. J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo beat expectations. UPS, they're putting a little bit of a damper out there today. Um, they're weighing on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, but they're also weighing on the overall market because they're saying we're not shipping as much. And again, shipping is a tell. If you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average transports, they've been leading the market. They've been telling us the economy is okay. Tony Mendez, you want to plug yourself? Um, show on Tuesday night, 6 to 7, same station. We do all things real estate. Okay. We didn't get to talk much about that today. I was hoping to hit more about that. but We'll talk about it on the 1 o'clock show. 1 o'clock show. And then I'm going to be on your TV show on Monday at between 11 and 11.30, right? Yep. Yeah. Channel 4. That'll be fun. I'll probably do better than I did last time. See you there. It's a load of Fridays. No work till Monday. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those. Bank stocks are mostly high. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.